Hello and welcome to episode five. I'm a Jendi Dan. Because our bodies are so integralicious for you, babe. How are we all? Did it work, Mike? I don't think that works as an intro. No. I'm not sure. No. Okay. But I'm very well. A lot better than you are. Yeah, you're not very well, are you, Dan? Not, not so much. No. Um, a, an epically swollen, massive finger, which I, I sent to you both, um, kind of got infected. Can I just say, that... Dan didn't send us his actual finger. He sent us a photo of his finger. Sorry, just a picture of uh, um, my finger. Yeah, that was quite infected. And then when I went to the doctors about that, um, it turns out I've got a chest infection too. So basically, a summary of my last week is infected. Infecty, oh. Dan. Infecty, Dan. Yeah. But don't worry, because you can't be infected via the podcast. No, it's not no, contagious it's, over the air. It's not contagious through the podcast. I should probably say what we're, we're talking about today. That would be good. Today, we will be discussing the reasons why most people want to lose weight. Okay, you... well, what great topic. I mean, who came up with that? It might have been you. It might <laughs> I think it was you, you wasn't it, Emma? I, I think it was me. Wow, no, well done. I guess really what I want to talk about is the misconception that your goal is weight loss because yeah. for nobody it is. You know, I'm going to just quickly say the example of, I don't know, a powerlifting meet or trying to fit into a weight class for a certain competition or something like that. But apart from that, your goal is not weight loss. It's always going to be sort of the side effect of weight loss or what you hope or presume will come alongside weight loss. Um, and that's kind of the topic that I wanted to discuss today. Yeah, and I think it'd be cool to distinguish between weight and fat loss, which is where a lot of the misconception is uh, along the way. But, I mean, Mike, you've got a fantastic story. So you're probably a great person to start with, actually. Why did you initially want to lose weight? Um, well, th that's a very good question. I think what's very interesting is the difference between what you want and what you need and what you think you want and what you think you need. Um, and we often hear people say, oh, I really need to lose weight. I really need to lose weight. Um, and, and what they're actually trying to do is, is a few different things. I think, I think they're trying to, uh, increase their self-confidence because they want to look better. Um, they're trying to, uh, improve their health markers improve their general health and also potentially specific things like blood pressure, diabetes, stuff like that. So often people say, oh, I want to lose weight. But really, like Emma says, that's, it's not just wanting to lose weight. You're not just wanting to reduce your um, gravitational, what is it? Yeah, the, well, the number that pops up on the scale, you know. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's arbitrary. It is, pretty, it is pretty, yeah, arbitrary. It's completely irrelevant. Um, but I guess that comes back to, if we just quickly touch on like the scale weight, I know we go over this quite a lot, but the, you know, the number on the scale is definitely not your goal and it will fluctuate in acute fluctuations in scale weight do not represent fat loss. Mm. Uh, and they can be really demotivating if you sort of put all your emphasis on that. And I'm sure that uh, myself and Dan will have found this with almost every client, like, you know, even ones that are completely aware that fluctuations happen and they, they can be quite logical and rational about the scale, they still get annoyed when the scale doesn't move. And I've had a lot of check-ins where people try and, I don't know, come up with these sort of elaborate ideas as to why the scale might not have moved. It could be their hormones, it could be time of the month, it could be 
water retention for other reasons. It could be how much food they've been eating, food volume. So many factors could come up. And like you can come up with some reason why you might not have lost that week. But the fact is, it doesn't really matter why. It's just you haven't. But if you've stuck to your diet and you've stuck to your activity, you will have lost fat. It's mm. just that that can't be measured on the scale. Like the scale exactly. is useful because, you know, it's such an, an easily available uh, measure. Everyone understands it. You can take it yourself. You can take it at home. You don't need someone to interpret that for you. But, it, you know, it has its flaws. And if you can't use it properly, then I'd just not use it. Or at least much easier said than done. But try and have, I guess what we want to speak about today is the knowledge that that's not the goal. It's everything that you're hoping is going to come around that that is the real goal. Yeah, exactly. and it's, a, it's a hugely emotive thing as well, isn't it, that number sometimes? I mean, we're kind of brought up and conditioned from when we're tiny that the definition of success, especially when it comes to fat loss and improving your health, is whether that number is going down. Um, and as you said, it's, it's just a measure. It's um, You're looking at trends over time, and there will be peaks, there will be troughs, there will be plateaus. But as you said, people attribute so much success to that number. I, I know certainly you will as well, but it's when we can use that as one of many measures. So it may be visuals, it may be measurements, it may be how clothes fit, how you're feeling yourself, not just one sole thing. Uh, and as you said, Emma, just if, if that is the case with some people, they find it's an emotional thing, that, that's probably best not to use that as a measure at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I find the reason that we do use that so often is because it's, like I saying, very easily available, but it's an objective scale. Whereas, you know, what we're really looking at, what, what um, Mike just touched on is like how you feel, how you look, your confidence, how happy you are, all these things. They're so objective that it's mm. really hard to measure them. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I, I think it's a, it is a fascinating thing how different people define success and how, how differently success feels in terms of that realm. So you can often find that I mean, this is why it's kind of important, I think, to have different measures of success. So for when when things sort of started to change for me was when I started doing strength training. And so that when I started to notice improvements, so because initially all of my exercise that I did was cardio. So I was doing 5K runs and stuff like that. And my 5K run time didn't really change. And I didn't really have any interest in it changing. I just kind of, I only wanted to lose weight. Um, so I was only really judging my success on the scales. So then if, if the scales weren't working out, I I was a bit sad, but then when I started doing strength training with a trainer and, and he was kind of taking me through kind of doing deadlifts and squats and my numbers were going up, it just opened up this whole world of having, okay, well, I, the scales aren't doing great this week, but my deadlift has increased by 10 kilos and that's really awesome. So actually I feel positive and motivated to con- continue those processes. And, and I think sometimes it's, again, it comes back to the, the process goals and outcome goals. And with so much of this, it's more about embracing a process than it is about, um, about you know, going, right, I'm going to lose loads of weight. It's about making mm-hmm. lifestyle changes, healthy improvements to your lifestyle that are going to have improvements on, on your outcomes. But, not necessarily all of the outcomes and not necessarily all at the same time yeah and you make a good point because i guess this week my check-ins have been you know i did them for grenade fit and a lot of them were about mindset change and some people you know a lot of people lost a lot of weight but a lot of people were reporting that you know their mindset has has shifted they realize how to track calories they realize what matters all those things but 
you don't tend to see that as a bit like, oh, this week, like, I'm so excited because I managed to track my calories. It, it's not the same as like, oh, I lost X amount on the scales. Yeah, in some ways, it's very, it's much harder to get excited about, even though that's a much bigger win. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. I think this time of year as well, it's, it's definitely something I try and sway my clients away from. So as you said, my, you know, performance targets in the gym, but actually with lots going on socially, it might just be, you know, this week, I'm just going to try and drink more water or the days I am fully in control of, I'm not doing anything socially, I am going to make a conscious effort to have lean protein sources and plenty of veggies in, in with meals. It's, it's taking the wins where you can and just being, being as active elsewhere as possible. Well, there are so many different wins. I think that's what's yeah often underestimated. There's so many different ways to 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 kind of feel successful on that on that journey. And actually, we we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to do everything all at the same time, or at least to do one thing really, really well. Um, when actually it isn't like we talked about it isn't linear. I mean, I um actually was just yesterday presenting at a uh, preventative medicine symposium at Bristol Uni to medical students and we were talking about my lifestyle transformation and something that kind of came up in that which I'd almost forgotten really like we've talked about my weight loss I've lost 35 kilos um, give or take and the first 50 well thank you very much but the first 15 kilos was in like six or seven it was seven months I think was the was that first 15 and then the next 20 over five years. Um, and for a long time, that was pretty static. And the thing is, it isn't, you know, you you can't just carry on losing weight forever. And even if you've got loads of weight to lose, it still isn't generally a linear process because so many other things will change in that time that actually you have to accept that there are going to be periods of, um, of stagnation and also periods where you're moving in kind of the, the undesirable direction. Uh, and you know you can mess up your psychology a little bit because if you're you know I I went I was kind of going through a um, when I kind of finished and kind of got like essentially as lean as I, I wanted to get really and then I wanted to go through a like mass gaining phase I found that really difficult and I felt because I knew I was putting on weight I stopped caring about what I was eating and I started eating badly again uh, and started actually putting on quite a significant amount more fat because I couldn't associate success with weight gain that was very tricky for me and I think this is what we've got to be so careful about because even even when you're doing really well you could be forming bad habits that might be doing you bad in the long run and it's not just about doing well it's about you know, maintaining your well-being and maintaining your um, your sense of balance and, and all of that stuff. Yeah, it, it's that might, again, it always comes back to the mindset thing. But I think, I mean, you've experienced that because you were successful in weight loss. But I think because so many people aren't successful or these sort of yo-yo diets happen that weight loss, it seems to always be the goal. And it's like, if you're successful at weight loss, weight loss will not always be the goal. It can't always be the goal. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So you need to have these other things that, you know, maintenance. I am so impressed if someone can maintain weight loss. They don't really care. That's the hardest thing. People are always impressed by, oh, I lost X amount in, you know, eight weeks. I couldn't care less. Have you maintained that for three months? Or, you know, have you maintained that forever, potentially? 
that, that's the really imp- impressive thing, isn't it? I can't remember distinctly where the, the stat comes from. I think it was those that lose 10% of their body weight, those in their weight loss pursuit, only 1% of those actually managed to keep it off, which is quite a scary stat. It's the worst. It was the scariest thing for me. I remember going to a lecture by a bariatric surgeon and them telling us the statistics of, of how many how many actual kind of morbidly obese people lose weight without having to have surgery and keep it off. Um, and it was it was kind of like one of those moments where you think, wow, you know, that 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 could potentially be you. Yeah, yeah it is scary. And it's almost like it can be a bit, well, hugely demoralizing. But I remember being at an obesity conference. And again, it was a bariatric surgeon. Uh, sort of presenting his findings and at the start it was you know all these stats about weight loss you know diets because on paper actually diets don't work mm. you know on, if that was a medicine if that was a pill you'd be like no that that doesn't work and obviously it works for some people yeah but it was quite you know like a broad statement of <laughs> almost saying like dieting doesn't work so we need to look at surgery options which I understand in some cases might you know might be the right path to take but it, you can see why some obese people would be like, well, actually, look, the stats say diets don't work anyway. Um, and on average, I'm more likely to put this weight back on. So what's the point even trying? Mm. And I think we need to like be careful about that. Yeah, for sure. For um, sure. And one other thing you touched on was um, kind of like rate of weight loss. So you were saying, oh, initially I lost 15 kilograms. Maybe that was... I would say easy, but you know it happened, and then after that, weight loss does tend to slow. Mm. And one thing that I think people just forget, and again, it's just such almost like an obvious thing. And when you say it, people are like, "Well, yeah, oh, I don't know why I wasn't expecting that." But rate of weight loss will slow yeah. when you yeah. start a diet and you have a lot of fat to lose. You have a You're lot of fat get to massive. lose. Yeah. Yeah. So you can lose a lot of fat. Yeah. And as you start losing that fat you've got less fat to lose, so you won't lose as much, say, per week. And I guess an example I I use is, like, say you had 10 kilograms of fat to lose and you lose 20% of that. That's two kilograms. Then if you... But then you only weigh eight kilograms. So if you lose 20% of that, it's only 1.6 kilograms. Mm, Yeah, for sure. And you can't expect anything sort of more... And obviously it won't be that linear or perfect or there's loads of other factors that come in. But even if it was perfect, you wouldn't be losing two kilograms a week every week or two kilograms a month every month. Yeah. Exactly. Like- what you said, Emma, as well, the psychology of it is, um, you know, very much I find with people once they, they've lose, lost a substantial amount of weight and you'll get people around them saying, so when can you go back to eating normally? And it's it's like, it's a relative term. Your norm, Your new normal isn't your old normal. You can't go back to eating that way. Otherwise, you will revert back to where you were. Uh, and environmentally, it's for those people that have lost a substantial amount of weight, there, there are physiological and psychological pulls to go back there, you know, yeah. because especially if they spent a large proportion of their lifetime overweight, you know, they're conditioned to eat a little bit more. Perhaps if they've lost a lot of weight, things like ghrelin are, are skewed um, in that they're, they're not in tune with feeling satiated and feeling full as as well as someone who spent a lifetime of being lean. It's um, I think that's an important point to make is that if you have lost a substantial amount of weight is that unfortunately the hardest job as we've already said is keeping it off but you have to work that much harder than everyone else to keep it off i think your you maintenance have to be consciously aware your maintenance calories become lower i think as well it's very unfair 
but it's yeah, fine. It I'm over it. Completely unfair. Um, and also, what 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 is interesting as well is that you, because you're used to being very very overweight. When you lose a significant amount of weight and you look very different, it looks weird. And I remember when I I lost that first fifteen kilos, and I was like, "Wow, look how slim I look now! Look how small my clothes are! Like I've got, you know, my my waist is like thirty four or whatever instead of um, instead of forty, and that's like what oh, that's kind of all I really wanted. So like I'm done now, the end. Mm. And I remember even my mum saying to me at that time, like, "Obviously, don't lose any more. Like you've lost enough now. Like you don't want to lose any more. You'll be too skinny." And then. <laughs> You know, then when you lose 20 more kilos and you realise that there's still fat there and you think, wow, you know, I, I and then you see pictures of yourself because it happens over such a slow period of time. You see pictures of yourself when you were when you'd lost that first 15 kilos and you think, oh, no, I, I was I was actually still quite overweight at that point. But because I looked so different and then, you know, again, you, you think you're done uh, and actually you're not. Well, Mike, it, it's funny you should say that you look so different because you actually um, <laughs> changed race as well. I don't look. So uh, what Emma is referring to is uh, I put up a Transformation Tuesday post today, which was a picture of me doing this talk at this symposium that I mentioned yesterday with John Sykes, um, who was essentially interviewing me, and we had uh, we had a, an overhead PowerPoint presentation in the screen behind showcasing some of my Transformation Tuesdays. Um, and I see what you're saying. It does look different. I was just very tanned in that first picture. And then in the second picture, I think was just quite well lit and maybe yeah. a bit filtered. I mean, I feel like we should share that because, um, it's quite a good one. I like it. What the picture? Everyone, everyone visit Mike's page to have a look at that picture. I mean, yeah, everyone visit my page yeah. anyway. And you tell me if I'm right. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm, I accept that. I mean, I accept, I do look a bit different, but also, you know, it's I, great different. Not that your race before was not acceptable, but you know, <laughs> like the fat loss is great. It looks great on you. You look great. Thank basically. You, thank great. You, thank you. There's a compliment in there, Mike. Yeah, Take it. Somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. What I did discover in this talk is that, um, I mean, although we're using microphones today, it was, it, I, I am incapable of using microphones that it was very, it was very unpleasant. I will share with you a video of, of what actually happened in that talk, but essentially I could not get the microphone to work. And it turns out it's quite difficult to think of answers to quite quite like complex questions about your life while you're trying to figure out as well. Yeah, while you're trying to figure out how to turn a microphone on that that you don't know how to use. Um, not that I'm bitter about it. You were a pro at that though. That um, podcast you did with um, propane. Propane fitness. Yeah, you just you held it together in the middle of like a sneezing fit and just continued with the conversation. I did, yeah, yeah. Professional. You've, it's not your first rodeo. It's Mark. not my first rodeo. No. Oh, you, both, you both mentioned um, reasons, as in happiness as well, and that a lot of people attribute, you know, being happy to looking a certain way. Do you think that's a reflective of our modern age? I mean, we're we're kind of a generation that was. It seems like another lifetime, like a, a lifetime pre-social media. But what others are exposed to now, obviously, we've got this comparative nature where everyone's compa comparing themselves to, you know, skinnier booty uh, models. I mean, I... to answer for as well. I, I, it's an interesting one because a lot of people say, well, look, if you think, you're, if you think this is going to solve your problems, if you think you're going to be happy when you lose weight, 
then th- th- that's not ultimately what's going to make you happy. And I suppose it depends why you're unhappy in the first place. Um, and and I kind of reflect back on my experience and what it changed. And I, I the thing is, I, I, I was never particularly unhappy. I mean, when I think back, I was probably a lot more unhappy with my with my weight than I thought I was. Um, but it, I don't know that it had, you know, that I was, I was hugely un, unhappy about it. But losing weight, I'm ecstatic about it. But it's, I don't think it's because, oh, look at this pair of trousers I can now wear. That's amazing or whatever. I think it's just the idea that I've achieved something that I set out to achieve. I think it's the achievement that's made me feel happy and proud of myself rather than um pride attached to it rather than being a specific size like i don't you know i was happy when i when i went down to you know to a certain level and i was happy when i went down to a further certain level but um i don't i don't think it's and it's hard to say because ultimately happiness is just an emotion it's difficult to dig out exactly what thing you're being particularly happy about but um i think it's more that i that i'm I'm happy that it worked and that I did it and it feels pretty cool. But at the same time, all I really did was reverse a problem that I created in the first place. And that's pretty cool, but I don't, it's not kind of, I don't know. I think the reason I'm happy about it is because it's not something that is very common. You don't often see people who make significant lifestyle transformations. Absolutely. So kind of, it's, it's slightly against the odds. Um, yeah. And I think in order to keep it going, I have to be happy about it. Yeah, because I, I don't know about you, Emma, but I often find as well is where people attribute, you know, so much success and happiness to having perhaps a six pack abs is actually to get to that point for some people. It actually takes them to a place where they're unhappy. So they associate having being a certain leanness, if you like, to um, to being happy. But actually, once they're there, they're not happy at all. So yeah i often find that and i think there is a line you know and with everything there's a line like too much of a good thing is no longer a good thing mm-hmm. um and you can take weight loss too far and also being extremely lean isn't maintainable it's not for some people enjoyable you know it, you can take a nice picture but do you have a good social life are you enjoying yourself is your performance high is your energy levels there there's so many other things and i think um, it, I guess it, 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 there's a really big difference between being obese and losing weight and getting to a sort of healthy weight. And I think happiness comes alongside, like I've had a client who was obese, lost lost a load of weight, and he said, you know, the thing that was the best thing for him was that he didn't feel so self-conscious doing things. He wasn't like the dad who sat at the side anymore. Like he was happy to go and run around with his son. Like he didn't feel out of breath walking upstairs. It was like, really kind of things that we tend to take for granted um, that were big for him. But when you're looking at someone who wants to get six pack abs, I think that's different. And I think thinking that those abs are going to bring them happiness is usually not the case. Exactly. And so what my question would then be, what do we do about this? How do we, how do we help people with this information? What, how do we use it to try and help people um, look at things in a different way or do they need to look at things in a different way I think it's just down to people being clear in terms of you know what firstly what makes them happy as you said but what motivates them but also it's 
you know, like I, I train a few people that they often they, they like the odd beer. So they know they could be leaner, but actually, are they willing to sacrifice those other things at the cost of their happiness? So rather than associate weight loss with happiness, do I just go out and have some beers with my mates instead? Because that makes me much happier. Yeah, I guess it's that balanced life. But I think if we're sort of looking at a take home from this podcast, I'd say that it's important to appreciate weight loss kind of for what it is, which is you know, an easy measure that's objective, but to remember the bigger picture and maybe that your goal is never going to be that number and your goal is going to be different. Everyone's is going to be different, but to a large extent, it's normally to look good or look better and feel better about yourself. Maybe it's to improve your health. Like, you know, for a lot of people it is to look good naked or to look good in a dress or to be able to wear a vest and not feel self-conscious to be able to do a load of things that maybe they didn't have the confidence to do before. And that is, you know, way, way more than what the scale says. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, think, yeah. I guess people need to find their why a little bit, don't they? And they need to explore mm. that. Um, and I guess, you know, for you guys, when you're, um, I guess when I speak to people about, about weight loss, it's usually for medical reasons, not for for kind of their personal reasons. It's sort of something that often I'm encouraging them about rather than they're coming to ask me about. But I guess for you guys, I guess it's then important that you, you know, when people are coming to you about weight loss, that you kind of help them engage with with what it is that they they actually want to achieve and and how best to achieve that. Yeah, we get quite a wide spectrum as well. I think we've given some examples there in that you know you have people that truly need to lose weight in terms of increasing their lifespan, you know, and reversing things like type two diabetes or the risk of cardiovascular disease. But then there's that distinctly different population that look, I just want to feel better naked, and that's fine as well. But as you said, it's it's t- in terms of finding your why. Yeah, mm-hmm. and being realistic with your expectations as well, and are you willing to sacrifice those things along the way? Exactly. And sometimes it's an almost like completely different goal. Like I have a client who kind of just wanted more structure in their life. Like they don't particularly want to lose any weight. They want to feel like they're, you know, it's that bit of a purpose. Like I'm following a plan. I'm sticking to it. I know that doing this is making me fitter, healthier, potentially more productive. I'm relieving stress. Mm. I'm like kind of like a better person for it Mm. and I definitely feel that with myself like when I'm training when I'm eating well not only do you know I'm in a better mood I work better I'm generally a better person yeah the cycle definitely the psychological aspect just you know achieving something just that going through that tick list makes you feel better about yourself doesn't it yeah definitely or you've achieved something that day because you've eaten well fueled your body and you've gone to the gym like even if some other crap happens and work didn't go that well or you've fallen out with your partner whatever like at least you've done something that is a positive exactly yeah i thought that totally yeah. agree. can i just add as well thank you so much and this is a genuine thank you so much to all those that have reviewed so far we really really appreciate all those comments but if you do enjoy today and have enjoyed today please do go on to uh, itunes and drop us another review because that just means more people can see us and subscribe and subscribe yeah because the more visible we are the more people will subscribe and listen as well exactly. and rate it yeah yeah review and rate and whatnot no, all, the, all the stuff preferably all the stuff. not reviews like actually it was okay to be fair and things like that although we yeah, appreciate thanks, the feedback, obviously <laughs> and it was uh, such a backhanded compliment yeah. i know that's that's jack clayton through and through though he's 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 mean he's not really he's excellent He's a mean man. Any feedback? Because um, we did take on 
the feedback in terms of sound quality and we have tried oh to yeah we've not mentioned that have we listen listen to our lovely sounds i don't yeah, know so if, how lovely they are until we listen to this back your, but we're using all brand new software and microphones and stuff to sound more beautiful for you yeah god we're so good taking on the feedback <laughs> applying it <laughs> yeah yeah so let us know what you think and uh, yeah we'll see you next time thank you bye bye, bye.